Well, good morning. Happy Friday to you. So glad that you're with me this morning on this uh, wonderful Friday. It's, uh, let's see, October 23rd. And I just love this time of year. Um, I love whatever weather God brings us. Right now we have this really nice, beautiful sunshine, crisp, cold morning air. And uh, it's definitely fall. And so uh, I'm happy. Uh, for this Friday, and I hope you are too, looking forward to whatever God brings our way. Today I'm going to teach from the story of Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1, and I just know that this story is a precious, beautiful story to so many people. Um, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's one of the great stories of the Bible, when Hannah prays for a child and God answers and, and gives her the child Samuel. And I just want to walk through it a little bit. It's not a long story, uh, at least the part I'm going to cover. And uh, But we can just see in this story uh, Hannah's love for God and her persistence in prayer. And then, of course, at the end we see God's answer. And he shows up spiritually to answer her prayer. So let's just start off in verse 1. It says, There was a certain man from Ramathaim, a Zuphite, from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ephraimite. Well, there's a lot of names there. You try pronouncing all those things in a row when you read them in front of a camera. <laughs> he had two wives. This is about Elkanah right now. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Panina. Panina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man, Elkanah, went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Peninnah, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. The Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival, that is Panina, kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than... Ten sons. We'll stop there for just a moment. Notice that it says the Lord had closed her womb. This reflects this uh, deep truth in the sovereignty of God. This is not a judgment on Hannah. This is not a, some kind of a punishment for some sin that she did. No, 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 no. This is just simply uh, an acknowledgement, a reflection of the sovereign hand of God. The, uh, the all-encompassing authority of God. And I believe Hannah understood that clearly. Um, and it's being stated here clearly. In the, in the great tapestry of God's designs, He's always good. And he always, uh, He'll always use His will to grow us up as we press into His will, as we press into His sovereignty. We may not always understand it, but, um, but the truth of it uh, is... Uh, is perfect. And we read scripture again and again and again. We see the truth of God's sovereignty. Nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, Hannah wanted a child, right? And so she prayed. 
And you can understand this. This is very understandable. She believes in the sovereignty of God. She understands the sovereignty of God. Nevertheless, she, she, uh, uh, she bends the ear of heaven asking for her prayer request. Let's read on. Verse 9. Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. By the way, this is not uh, Solomon's temple. It's the word temple here is used just to, as a way to show the place where God met with his people in Shiloh at that point. Again, this is not, the, this is not Solomon's temple. Just the word temple is being used as a way to show this is the place where God met with his people. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow, saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. Now, notice that she brings the request to the Lord. This is exactly what she should have done. And this is exactly what we should do if we have something that we feel uh, that God, that we feel like God could answer. Uh, if there's an anguish in our soul, if there's a problem in our life, let's bring it to God. That's what we're commanded to do, instructed to do. Of course, uh, we love Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about it, anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God which trans all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So she's doing exactly what she needs to do, what she should do. She was not bargaining with God. She was not, um, uh, uh, she was not um, telling God what to do. She's simply praying for the desire of her heart. And she makes a vow. And in the vow, uh, she promises that the child uh, would never use a razor. <laughs> now, never cut his hair. Now, wh what's that about? She's promising that she would dedicate this son, this or this child, if she had it, to the Lord and to his service. And she was promising here a Nazarite vow, or a Nazarite vow of separation. The Nazarite vow of separation, uh, if a person took that in the Old Testament, was they wouldn't drink alcohol, right? Or eat anything from the grapevine, so you wouldn't eat grapes or raisins, um, as a show that you were taking a vow um, out against alcohol. That you would never cut your hair, uh, that you would never go near a dead body or touch a dead body, uh, and on and on. There were a number of things in this Nazarite vow of separation, and she was vowing that she would devote this child to God in that way. She loved God. She honored God. She believed deeply in God. Uh, and so this is just one way that she was expressing uh, her dedication to Him. Now let's read on verse 12. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. <laughs> not so, my Lord, she said. Hannah replied, I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. She's not, 
She's not drinking, okay? She wants to she wants to make sure Eli understands that. But I love the line, I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. I know that you do that, we do that, we all do this. At times of trouble, we pour our hearts out to the Lord. And so this is one of the places we get that we get that wonderful phrase, pouring our heart out to the Lord, right here in the story of Hannah. You can understand why she wanted was doing that. And experientially, you can understand the times when you do that too. And that's a good thing to do, to, to, to pour out your anguish and your grief before the Lord when you have it. Let Him be the sounding board. Let Him be your portion. Let Him be the lifter of your head. We love Psalm 63.1. Psalm 63.1 says this, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. That's certainly a verse of pouring out your heart to the Lord in your desperate need. Well, Hannah was desperate. She was a desperate woman here. And she was pouring her heart out to the Lord. Now, Let's go to the end of the story, verse 17. Eli answered, Okay, go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate, ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. So here this whole, here's this whole turnaround. She's praying, she's praying, she's pouring her heart out to the Lord. Um, she's in great distress. Uh, and then Eli comes and asks the question. She answers, and then he says, Okay then trust God. Basically, is what he's saying. Okay, then trust God. Uh, may he answer your request. Trust God. And what I like here is that she hasn't got the answer yet, truly. She, the, the, the child hasn't been granted yet. Uh, she hasn't gotten pregnant yet. And yet she comes to this place of peace. She comes to this place where she's no longer downcast because she's poured her heart out to the Lord, just like the promise in Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says that you'll have peace beyond understanding. And this is where she's at. She's poured her heart out to the Lord, and now she has peace, even though she didn't get the answer yet. And, and this is the promise to you and to me, in that when we come to God in prayer, when we draw near unto Him, He will draw near unto us and give us peace, James 4, 8. And this is our greatest promise here. God Himself is the greatest promise, right? And so I love that part of this story. And then we're going to finish it off, the last two verses, 19 and 20. Early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah lay with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. God showed up. <laughs> and I love it. He didn't show up visibly. He didn't show up physically. He showed up spiritually and answered Hannah's prayer, this time in the way that she had hoped. And, uh, and I love stories of when God shows up spiritually because that's the time and season that we're in right now, that when we pray for God to show up, He shows up spiritually. And in answer or in response to God uh, answering her prayer, she named the son Samuel. Of course, the whole rest of the book Samuel's involved in the book. We read about the history of Samuel and what he does as a priest. But let me just say this, uh, that Sam, the, the name Samuel in one of its translations means God hears. God hears. And God heard Hannah's prayer. 
in the anguish and the grief of her soul, the only thing that she could do was pray, and God heard her prayer. So many people have gone to this story and done the exact same thing that Hannah is doing for whatever their prayer request is, whether it's a child or whether it's uh, anything that you need. In a way, it's kind of a parent's prayer. Uh, a lot of parents go to this and just pray for their kids. They have kids already, but their kids are hard to raise. And, uh, and so they go and they pour out their hearts to the Lord as they're raising their families in this kind of uh, sense of the prayer of Hannah. And, uh, and, and I hope it blesses you as well, no matter what the circumstances of your life are, that God does listen, that God does show up. He may not answer the way that we want him to answer all the time. In fact, oftentimes he doesn't answer the way we want him to answer. Nevertheless, when we go to him in the anguish and the grief of our hearts and pour our hearts out to him, he's there, he's present, he's with us. And that's what I want you to be blessed with this morning from this story. I hope you have a great Friday. I'm going to pray for a great Friday for all of us. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for meeting us in your word today. We know that you are real and Lord, that you love us and that you meet with us, dear Heavenly Father. And so we thank you once again uh, on this Friday. And I pray for my church family members and my friends who are listening. I pray that you would bless each one of them with this strong sense of the knowledge of your sovereignty, number one, and then the knowledge that you will be with us hearing our prayers, number two. And that, Lord, however you answer our prayers, that you are our greatest answer that having you in our lives, Lord, is our peace and our portion. We praise you, exalt you, and lift you up this morning, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I love all of you, and I'm looking forward to tonight at 7 o'clock. We're going to have the beginning of our 24-hour prayer vigil, and I hope that you will join us. It will be live-streamed. Go to our Facebook website homepage. Just click on the live stream, and at 7 o'clock, uh, you're going to see it. Or you can go to your Facebook page, West Hills Facebook page, and, and find it there. Uh, and then if you have one of the half an hour slots to pray, please stay dedicated to that. And then, of course, also then tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, we'll have another 30-minute live stream to close off the 24-hour prayer vigil. I am so excited that we're doing this together as a church family. I'll see you guys there tonight. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.